the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-hosts, Mark Hahn and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money and Rob Spinoza of Guaranteed Rate. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And even if you can't use the certificate now because of the coronavirus, hold on to it. You'll be able to get you'll be able to use it uh, later on. Okay, uh, today's trivia theme is general trivia. Uh, Mark, what's going on in real estate? Well, same thing that's pretty much going on uh, <laughs> in all facets of, facets of business. Although I will tell you that what's what I find interesting is, you know, there's there's a whole segment of society right now, and I know you guys will appreciate this, that, you know, they're, they're sheltering in place, they're uh, reading books and listening to podcasts, and they're, they're out of work or only working a few hours, maybe they're furloughed, maybe they're doing part-time work from home. But it's interesting that a lot of the folks that that are in my sphere of influence, the people that I'm uh, talking with in the real estate and mortgage lending industry, uh, like Nam and I haven't taken a day off in in the last two months. You know, it's uh, we're working harder than ever. Yesterday, uh, Nam said it feels like Groundhog Day here. It's just we, we come in the office, we grind through endless emails and phone calls and putting together marketing. I and mean, we're still marketing the, the business because, you know, the last thing you want to do when you have a company that depends on, you know, public sales is, uh, is stop your yeah. marketing, you keep marketing, yeah. and marketing, and marketing. It's, and that's the mistake a lot of companies make. But, um, wow, it's, you know, I go home and I crash. I go to, I watch some TV, fall asleep, wake up and we do it all over again. And then come in on weekends to like, you know, pay some bills and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, do the work you can't get done during, you know, during the manic Monday through Friday when, when our inboxes are, are filled to the brim with inquiries. I mean, we, you know, we got three funds we're managing. We've got, uh, loan requests coming in from failed non-QM and other bank financing that's on hold right now. You know, real estate transactions. I mean, for those who listened to last week's show, we had we had Patty Cohn on, a uh, real estate agent, and there's a lot of real estate transactions that are still going forward. And Rob, you could probably speak to that. I mean, uh, how's how's uh, how's the mortgage business on your end? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been busy, and and part of what you just said is something that I'm trying to be sensitive to every day. Is that you know, as a mortgage lender, I'm in a white collar job, so I can do my job 
as effectively almost, you know, entirely from home. And it has been busy and it's been busy for a few reasons. One is interest rates remain really good. So, I mean, I think everybody's aware of that. Um, and so refinance activity has been high. But I have to tell you that the purchase market, too, if I had to kind of summarize the sentiment that I feel out there, at least in the Bay Area of California right now and other you know, populated areas of California, I think this market wants to keep rolling. I mean, I, I am seeing lots of, of interest and lots of activity and our buyers, unfortunately, are finding no breaks out there. You know, they're still getting mm-hmm. thrust into these, you know, situations where they're, if it's a desirable property and it's priced right, there's still plenty of competition for it. And there aren't any fire sales. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to summarize it all, I'd tell you that's what I'm seeing right now. You know, I find it interesting. Are you seeing, are you seeing it decreases in appraisals? Any valuation decreases? Not yet, not yet, Mark. I mean, you know, knock on wood, it's that's not happening either. I mean, you, appraisals are interesting animals, right? Because you know they chase the market up. Uh, they have to, and they and they try to to make the market buyer and seller what they're willing to pay. But then you kind of get this buffer zone like we have right now, where even if there were values declining, they would still be pulling comps from two or three months ago, you know, that would still reflect a lot of what the market was. So there could come a day in the future where you would, you know, but again, I'm just not seeing, I'm not seeing the discounts that people thought would be an immediate result of the, you know, the shelters in place and the market freezing up and all that sort of stuff. You know what I find is not seeing that yet. Rob is is you know with the uh, economy um, you know going down and all the media frenzy, you know you 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 think that the stock market would be just tanking even more, but it seems to have kind of leveled off a little bit. In fact, the Nasdaq has got has been going up quite a bit. Um, so it's sort of like people are kind of going, okay, they've already discounted all those values uh, in the stock market because they, usually the, the old rule of thumb was that the market was you know, 18 months ahead of its time. Um, and so huh. maybe the, the sentiment isn't as bad as what the media is portraying. Well, I mean, I, I also think that what's driving the stock market is driving our refinance market. And that is a very, very committed Fed, you know, to backstopping the economy and the stimulus that's out there and things like that. So I'm not an economist, but certainly, you know, I know that our mortgage market would look very different because we got a, we got a glimpse down that that, you know, abandoned mind shift uh, at the beginning of March, middle of March, when the Fed had not stepped in and the markets locked up and there wasn't much liquidity. And they're talking so about that, more stimulus packets. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it touches on the bigger picture of the broader economy where, like I said, you know, we're, as a white-collar guy, I'm, I'm working from my home office, but, you know, if your job requires that you're in a location, you know, like Mark said, you're sitting at home, you know, wishing you were back at work. Hey Rob, I got a question for you. Are you the for the loans that you have in process right now, is there anything unique about the geographies where people are buying? Is there any shift? Um, no, no, but I think I know where you're going with that. Maybe we can cover it in the next segment. But um, yeah, I, I see mostly things in the Bay Area of California, you know, L.A. area as well. But if you're talking about um, people who have now figured out that they don't need to live in the Bay Area anymore, then I would agree that that is something I've heard more than a few times. Well, hmm. Interesting. We're going to uh, cut to our first uh, commercial break. When we come back, we've got a few interesting articles to talk about and uh, a proposal by the uh, uh, one of the presidential candidates that I find 
very interesting. Um, first trivia question is, what city named its airport after Louis Armstrong? Remember Louis Armstrong? Alrighty. <laughs> okay, that's our first trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. Remember when he sings, as the skies blue? Spot <laughs> on there, Edward. <laughs> Call 888-912-1190. The first Thank God for the commercial break. With that tanning Or after Louis Armstrong. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff, Nam Phan, and Rob Spinoza. First trivia question was, what city named its airport after Louis Armstrong? The Louis Airport. Louis Airport. <laughs> I, I'm going to just kind of go on a limb and say New Orleans. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right, New Orleans. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mark, a couple of days ago, you emailed all of us about a... a Scarlet letter, as they say. Well, by the way, give us a definition of that, because I think that's a, a book by Nathaniel Hawthorne, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Okay, I never read it. I just, I just know that for some reason. Well, you, you didn't have to say that. I kind of knew that. There you go. <laughs> so, first of all, what is a scarlet letter? And then go ahead and, and tell us about the article you read. Well, I'm not going to define it because I never read that book either. Okay. So all right. Just, so, so, okay. The the the. the the literary giant of, on the call will step in and take care of that one. So without getting without getting too graphic and puritanical times, when a woman uh, was with child and not married, she would have to wear a letter on her dress so that the whole community knew that you know what had happened here, and that was the Scarlet Letter. So now you're you know you're saying with respect to the credit reports, Scarlet Letter is an indication that something is wrong. And I think that's where you want to go with the article. Gotcha. I'm going to step out. I do. So, right. So, so here's the article. It came out in Housing Wire this week. Um, mortgages and forbearance as a result of COVID-19 have to be reported as current on credit reports. That's the law as laid out uh, by a certain section of the CARES Act that was passed by Congress at the end of March. That law says servicers shall report the credit obligation or account as current. So that's good news, right? Well, guess right. what? Turns out that banks and mortgage companies who pull credit, um, there's a little bit of a workaround in their favor that allows them to actually know whether or not you applied for a forbearance relief or not. Your credit score may have remained unchanged, it may still be whatever that score is. And again, remember, mortgage companies use a different FICO score than the one we normally see. So like my FICO scores tell me I've got an 800 FICO, but when Wells Fargo pulled my credit, it was 760. So they, they use a, a, a right. stricter credit version. So, yeah. so it's already lower to begin with. But it turns out what Congress didn't take into consideration is there's a comments section available on credit reports and the CARES Act doesn't cover that. And that's where forbearance notations apparently are going. Now, unless Congress closes this loophole, here's what this means. 
six months from now when you go to refinance your home because yeah. it's January or February of 2021 and mortgage rates have hit a historic low of 2.9% and you're going to refinance your 3.5% mortgage down to 2.9, they're going to pull your credit and your credit score is going to look great. But guess what? There's going to be a memo that says that you applied for and received forbearance on your loan report. And believe me when I tell you that banks are always looking for another reason to turn down your file. And I know, and, and it, Rob, you may take exception to that. And, and again, you're, you're, you're in the mortgage banking side that, that likes to say yes. And I'm talking about the big banks here, really. You know, your 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 right. Wells, Chase, City, those guys who generally provide the most aggressive financing, but they also want to cherry pick those who they lend to. And if they see that you took advantage of forbearance, that's the scarlet letter that this uh, article refers to. That forbearance will uh, be a scarlet letter on credit reports. It will it will be saying to the banking and mortgage lending universe that, hey. This guy, he forbeared on his payments, and guess what? Banks don't like that. And so it'll be interesting yeah, I mean, if that holds true. I think the moral of the story with this is, and and I, when this whole thing started to happen, and the CARES Act started to talk about forbearance, two things. One is obviously this time around, the greater industries are trying to get ahead of, you know, distressed situations, and I think that's a good thing. But there's never a free lunch in any financial ecosystem. So when when one person goes into forbearance, it's a domino effect. You know what I mean? It, it affects the servicer, and then the servicer has the bondholder responsibility. So it keeps going. And if anybody thinks that they're just in a vacuum going to go into a forbearance and not have it come up at some point in the future, I think – they're, they're kidding themselves because of exactly what you mentioned, Mark. It's the FICO model is complex enough now. Lenders are savvy enough now that they want to correctly assess risk. And, and there's going to be a way where they notate something somewhere if you take advantage of any of these programs. Now, I'm not discouraging people from taking advantage of a program. I'm not giving advice on They just need to be aware. What I am saying you have to be prepared for it to come back around in the future because everybody wants to assess credit risk properly because they're basing financial decisions off of it. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with being fair or not, because let's face it, I mean, right. a ton of people had to file bankruptcy in 2007 or eight or nine, and they didn't do it because they wanted to. A lot of them did it because right, they were right. forced to. They had no choice, and yet it's a blemish for 10 years on your credit report, and, and you have to explain it away every single time. You never get the good score, and you get denied by a number of banks who just feel that, again, scarlet letter – so, you know, again, there's uh, I, I love what you said, uh, Rob, that there's no free lunch when it comes to your behavior well, I, I, uh, in banking. I, I, think, I think you also just hit the nail on the head. And this is what I thought, on you know, before they even really got the CARES Act into effect. One of the things I was telling people who were inquiring with me saying, should I do this? I was telling them, make sure you document every single thing you do, every correspondence you have with your servicer. Make a note of when it happened, what, what the result was, and what they told you, because it's going to come up again. If we learned anything in 08 and 09, it's that these things follow you through your credit life for a long period of time. You have to be prepared. If you do take advantage of it, um, make sure you understand exactly what's happening and for how long, because it's not yeah. going to go away on its own.
Agreed. Hey, let's bounce back while we got another minute. Uh, question that you, you, know, you mentioned that the appraisals weren't showing a declination in price, and you pointed out correctly that appraisals look backward in time, and you know we're trying to look forward. The way that lenders oftentimes deal with forward-looking uh, risk assessment as to whether values are going down is they pull back on loan-to-value ratios. Like for example, right. private money has gone from 70 to 65 percent. Some have gone down to 60 percent. Are you seeing changes in conventional loan programs in LTVs? Uh, not unconventional, but I did hear, and I may be wrong about this, but I did hear that Bank of America reduced its loan to values for loan amounts over a million uh, and a million and a half. I, 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 again, I don't know that for a fact, but I do think that loan to values will be affected by the sentiment out there, and I think that you're going to see uh, most of the large lenders take a more conservative stance with loans to value. Right, and that's a hedge that lender has in his pocket. So we, we're doing that by saying, we don't know if prices are going to go down, but just in case, we're going to hedge and no more 70% loan-to-value purchase money Correct. loans, we're going to 65. I wonder if the, the bank is, you know, are they pulling back from what percentage to what percentage LTV? Right, yeah. You know, well, you normally, uh, Edward, you see in our business, you'll see a 5% reduction right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll say some other areas, like what we saw in the downturn, some areas like Riverside County, for example, that, you know, was like a 10% reduction in, gotcha. in LTV off of the rate whatever. Stay with us. We're going to get to our second commercial trivia question here. What holiday is celebrated with an aluminum pole, the airing of grievances, and feats of <laughs> Right. What was the last part? A limited poll, area of grievances, and? And feats, F-E-A-T-S, feats of strength. Okay. All right. Call 888-9490. First caller with Craig Pants, with that Danny certificate. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Thon of Pacific Private Money and Rob Spinoza of Guaranteed Rate. Second trivia question, what holiday is celebrated with an aluminum pole, the airing of grievances, and feats of strength? Mark. What's the answer? Festivus for the rest of us. That's yeah. it. <laughs> From Seinfeld. Seinfeld episode reference. All right. So now I want to bring up something here. Um, presidential candidate uh, Joe Biden. Uh, now, apparently he's calling for rent and mortgage forgiveness, not just deferment. So, Rob, uh, what you do you think? think he's about? running for office? <laughs> yeah. At least he didn't call him Sleepy Joe. But um, <laughs> all right, so so I have some thoughts on this. Um, you know, I, number one, I think what he's probably doing there from a political standpoint is appealing to the you know the left leaning, the Bernie Sanders crowd, the Elizabeth Warren crowd, and I, I, I get why he would try to do that. I, earlier in the show, I made a comment about how we all live in a financial ecosystem and we're all dependent on each other, and I don't. I, I can't support something like this because ultimately somebody is at the end of the chain. And I'll give you an example. If you, if you forbear on your mortgage, okay, that means your servicer doesn't get a payment. If your servicer doesn't get a payment, that means the bondholder, you know, to whom the servicer is accountable doesn't get a payment. If the bondholder doesn't get a payment, 
very likely your retirement account doesn't get a pay. So, you know what I mean? We're all, we're all in this thing together. And so I don't see where you pull the plug on one and you expect somehow the system to continue to work. That's what I would have to know before I could support a measure. I'm all for, you know, people in a hardship having avenues to get them out of the hardship. But I, I don't know enough about this proposal to say that that could be addressed holistically because if it can't, somebody's got to pay, right? I, I know. I think it's personally, yeah. I think it's just to try to get votes because it doesn't, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you got Ma and Pa who own a rental house, a rental uh, apartments, and, and if they never even get to see that money, I mean, how are they going to oh, so, no, uh, you, you know, pay the bill and all that? Well, and I think I think that, that, you know, once you get into the political arena, you can you can, you know, both sides this to the nth degree. But you're absolutely right, Edward, because people who propose these sorts of things make it look like it's the little guy against the banking industry. Yeah. But that's not always the case. But it could be the little guy against the little guy. And that little guy could be your neighbor. Exactly. You know, and and that, so I mean, well, here, then, you know what, if you're going to do that, then I don't have to pay for my PG&E. I don't have to pay for insurance. Right. Where is it? When I go to right. Safeway, I can just pick out any food I want and I don't have to pay for it. Right. Yeah. So there's a huge moral hazard in, in something like this. And, and I, again, I, I think we have to look at the good and bad, you know, through a different lens, because I do think that the, the idea that Congress tried to get ahead of, of what is inevitably going to be a very challenging time for a lot of individuals by saying, there's a solution here instead of you just walking away from your home. Yeah. You know, so we have, we can't be too quick to criticize the fact that they're trying something different, which could lead to a better outcome. Cause God knows the last outcome wasn't very fun for a while. Well, then, then let the so, government just write everyone a check for a million dollars and we'll all be millionaires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey Rob, we got, well, you know, Trump, Trump hasn't released his platform yet. So let's give everybody a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Rob, an email comes in uh, for you, and it says, "How long is the purchase slash refinance process taking?" Because obviously, it's taking a little longer. Yeah, um, on the purchase side, the, the good news is that all of those loans get prioritized. So if you have a contract, you know we're gonna; those are going to go to the front of the, of the of the pile or the bottom of the pile, and they're going to top of the pile, whatever you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to try and get to those first because you because you have a contract to meet deadlines. But even in the current environment with the refinance volume we have in the system, our bank, I know, is, is really, really striving to keep transactions under 30 days. And there's a lot of good reasons for that, because in real estate, time is of the essence. And the longer things play out, the more problems you can have with that. And I think we're all aware of the, you know, the, very re- the realities in the economy right now. So timing is still pretty good, Edward. I mean, let's hope it stays that way. We're not blown out to 60 and 90 days like you know, I've heard out there in some cases, uh, we're, we're sticking pretty close to 30 days or under on everything. All right. Fair enough. And how about refi? Yeah. Oh, so refi, same thing, Rob? Same deal. Same deal. I mean, there, there are outliers, no doubt about it, but you know, sure. we, we have some conforming refis that are, that are closing well ahead of schedule and people are surprised when we tell them, Hey, your docs are going to be an escrow next week. And they're like, oh, I just felt like it just started. So that's always good to hear. That's great. And, uh, uh Rob, how do people get a hold of you if you have questions about, uh, um, Mortgages. Yeah, I, I, I'm in. Uh, I'm in the San Anselmo office. I work for Guaranteed Rate, um, and our website is www.rate.com. Uh, Rob Spinoza is my name, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Yelp, 
all those websites, um, you know, Google Marin Mortgage, and I'll come up and uh, I'm happy to help with anything residential. Very good. And uh, Mark and Nama, an email comes in and says, how often do you have to foreclose on loans that you guys make? How often? You know, it's it's not that much higher than, you know, other types of loans, believe it or not. Um, the types of loans we make are generally um, short-term bridge where people are either going to um, remodel and sell the home or they're going to refinance. So, um, but it's not unusual. I mean, it's not, you know, we, we've done maybe, gosh, in the last two years, we've probably done, I think we've maybe started 10 foreclosures and maybe three actually went through. So it's just oh, that's a great. big number. You know, yeah. it's not, uh, relatively speaking, I mean, it's, it's less than 5%. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, hard money loans 20 years ago probably had a much higher default rate and foreclosure rate, where today the industry is different because um, hard money, which we don't call hard money anymore, but, you know, Pacific private money is what we say in the alternative real estate finance business. And it's, the, it's basically the third level of financing, the first level being bank or conventional where you can get, you know, three and a half percent rates today or, or better. Then there's the non-QM, of the, which is the middle of the road, which is where self-employed people generally find themselves. And that could be in the five or six percent range. And then private um, or alternative uh, is uh, in the, you know, eight, nine, ten percent, a little bit higher today, thanks to coronavirus, probably come back down again in another six months. But uh you know, it's it's just um, uh, we 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 don't bank le- or lend necessarily to the unbankable, um, or maybe I should more specifically say we don't we don't lend to borrowers in distress. We really look for more transactional distress, where they ran out of time, or something fell through, or there's yeah. a glitch in the credit report. You know, a, a lien pops up unexpectedly, and they want to close on a transaction. So we're we're really kind of rescue me. Uh, we rescue transactions. We provide uh, options for borrowers who absolutely want to uh, close on a transaction. So it's just not it's not a it's not as high a default rate as you would expect. Now that said, there are still elements a very small percentage of our industry that makes terrible loans and they have a high default rate, but we're not among them. All right. Uh, we'll let you give out your information when we come back. Uh, sure. PacificPrivateMoney.com. PacificPrivateMoney.com. We have we have really enhanced our website a lot lately. We've got a new person, Kimberly, who does a great job for us. And uh, uh, check it out. We've got new video, new audio, all kinds of uh, uh, new things going on at Pacific Private Money on both the lending side and investing side. All right. Here's our last uh, trivia question. What is the name for a triangle with two equal sides? Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Not an equilateral. I think that's great. Okay, welcome back to the best of investing again. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn, Tom Fom, and Bob Spinoza. Third trivia question was: What is the name for a triangle with two equal sides? Isosceles. 
isosceles. There you go. All right. Okay. Um, nice job. <laughs> the mathematician, Nam. Uh, couldn't, have... couldn't get through sophomore geometry, but nailed the trivia question on a radio uh, show 30 years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, give us a deal of the week. <laughs> you have a deal of the week for us? Deal of the week, yes. So this week, this actually is uh, not a uh, uncommon loan that we do. It is uh, a bridge loan, but this is one that uh, came back to us because the uh, we were in the middle of you know a transactional loan for this client in March, right before uh, COVID hit, and uh, it was you know your typical. Actually, it wasn't a typical bridge loan. It is a bridge loan, but um, two things about it. One is once. Uh, COVID-19 came around, you know, a lot of transactions just paused. Um, people, right. in this case, it was a purchase on a property. Uh, it was a homeowner who was going to be uh, downsizing from Tiburon, or from Belvedere to Tiburon. And, uh, but when COVID hit, <laughs> yeah, I know. When, actually, it's kind of a lateral move. But uh, yeah. when COVID hit, they said, you know what, uh, we're going to pause everything. So listings uh, paused, purchase paused, and they wanted to see what would happen. So this was a great loan that uh, we just thought, boy, this is probably dead. It's not going to happen. But uh, uh, last week it came back. The people uh, wanted to move forward, both the listing, um, or the seller, excuse me, and the buyers. So it's back uh, on, our, uh, on our pipeline, and we'll be closing it probably in the next two weeks. Now, uh, I mentioned it's a bridge loan, but it's a different kind of bridge loan that we normally do. In this case, you know, in the past bridge loans that we've talked about, you know, you have a situation where we're using the equity from a departing residence towards as collateral for the purchase of the new residence, and we'll get paid off when, you know, the, the sellers sell right. their, uh, their departing home. In this case, though, we were pulling equity out of their departing residence as the down payment. So this was a second. Um, and we're using sure. that as a down payment. They have a loan for the purchase already. Uh, so in this case, it is a $1.2 million second. Uh, it's a $4.7 million total value on this property. So it's great to see some of these come back and actually quite a few loans have come back recently um, and we're seeing activity pick up. And in fact, our pipeline has doubled in one week. Wow. Um, lots more activity great. coming on, so yeah. I wonder Mark's got a smile on his face. <laughs> I got a smile on my face because this is the last thing I'm doing this afternoon before I go home. So yeah. <laughs> no one can ever accuse you of being lazy. That's for sure. Um, well, you know, what's funny is that Mark's saying it's like every day is Groundhog Day. Yeah. We're busy because, you know, there's so many people at home, a lot of realtors at home. I've held more meetings with real estate agents, with real estate companies because people have time. And so, yeah. you know, whatever business you're in right now, I mean, now's the time to retool and get, you know, and do the things that you had on the sidelines on the back burner yeah. because you're busy doing more, you know, your, your regular work. A lot of home but, projects uh, going on. That's right. It's funny. I, I, yeah. I drove by Home Depot a couple of days ago and it was packed. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people doing their home projects that they put off for so long. You know, in general, the, you know, the news has just been been really depressing you know I mean I, I subscribe to two Bay Area newspapers and uh, listen to the radio don't watch TV news but sometimes I see excerpts of TV news on YouTube videos uh, you know posted by people who are complaining about you know the uh, what we're what we're hearing and it's just you'd almost think that the entire 
media, uh, print, audio, and video, you know, somehow got together and said, let's just scare the crap out of everybody and make everybody believe that this is far worse than we think and that it's going to go for far longer than than anybody believes and it's going to be far worse than um, your worst nightmare. And I don't believe any of that. I think some of the brightest minds on the planet right now are working night and day to come up with a solution. And because so many bright and brilliant minds are working on solutions today, the, the benefits that we will reap in the ensuing months and years after this is settled is going to be absolutely incredible and we have no idea what's 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 going to happen and you know and I get this information from some of the smartest people in the world who who have have founded companies startups medical startups and other companies that are geared towards this and they're saying you're not going to believe how this is going to be uh, ultimately a boon um, to improvements in worldwide health and the economy and it's gonna you know much like the space race created all kinds of amazing benefits Mm. uh this is you know this is the 2020 version of the manhattan project or the race to put a man on the moon yeah and you know earlier we were talking about uh, i asked rob you know is he seeing any uh geographic um anything interesting geographically from some of his um loans that he's putting together some of these buyers And, and the reason why i asked that is you know twitter announced that um they uh, said all of their workforce who's working remotely can continue to do so indefinitely. So will that cause right. people to migrate out of San Francisco, uh, not only uh, into the local burbs like Marin County and, and the East Bay and the South Bay or or further even in, into you know, Central Valley or Sierra Foothills, but out of state. Um, so with people still being able to connect remotely, you know, how much of this will be permanent change? And, you know, the, the experience of working remotely is only going to get better, I think, as, um, you know, as this continues. So there's some silver lining in that, you know, I think there's some value in people working remotely, but uh, also the opportunity to afford a home that is in the burbs where San Francisco is so expensive. So um, I don't know. It'll be it's intriguing to see. Uh, what will happen in, in the coming months and years. Well, I just got a newsletter from my broker in Silicon Valley, and rents haven't decreased there yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, I believe that. I, I, I believe that. I mean, I, I, think, I think Mark's point about the space race is a really good one. The other thing I would, I would kind of compare it to is World War II. And, and the reason for that is, you know, I think a lot of people right now feel like you know, their opportunities and, and some of the things in their life have been taken from them by the yeah. shelters in place and, and the fact that, you know, you can't go out to a crowded stadium and enjoy things that you used to enjoy. It's very much like people, you know, that they, they were in kind of the spring of their life in 1940 and were sent off to war. But look what they did when they got back. You know, look look at what they built. Um, and I agree that, that, you know, when we have some clarity on, on where this thing is going to go, um, I hope that's the, the outcome that we see, and I'm optimistic as well. But, you know, I think there's also a tempering from a health perspective we have to be very careful about, and it's sort of like that saying, you know, have faith in God, but lock your doors at night, right? So, yeah. you know, if you're out there, <laughs> take precautions, you know, and, and do, do what they're telling us to do, because, you know, having your right to go out and have a beer at a bar is not infringing on your freedom. It's helping your fellow citizens. That's where I view it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we got to be careful about that too. And um, yeah, but I do think, 
one of the things Twitter did, uh, Nam, to your point, Twitter created certainty amongst its employees, and that's a very valuable thing in uncertain times. And that's why I think mm-hmm. that something like that could be very positive if other companies follow suit, because there are areas that are further outlying, way more affordable. And I'd love to see some of our, you know, prospects who've been shut out forever find it find a great place in a great neighborhood that's up and coming you know just a little bit further out all right guys uh stay with us um we're gonna cut to our commercial break when we come back we're gonna have some great closing comments on the best of investing don't touch that now you're listening to the best of investing with your host edward brown for more information visit bestofinvesting.com that's bestofinvesting.com more in a moment on am 1220 kdow you're listening to the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hanf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money and Rob Spinoza of Guaranteed Rate. Now, we didn't have a, com- a trivia commercial, trivia question, but uh, Nam, uh, explain to people how they can invest with you to earn what's the rate of return right now on the, on the fund. The uh, rate of return on the Pacific Private Money Fund, which is which is our uh, mortgage pool fund, it's a debt fund. Uh, it's currently paying about seven and a half percent annualized. So, it's a fund that we've had in existence coming up on seven years next month. Its uh, loan portfolio of the Pacific Private Money Fund is about fifty-five million. We have about uh, seventy-five to eighty loans in there, and uh, people can invest. Uh, they, the, to meet the qualifications, though, you have to be, number one, accredited, which is uh, having million-dollar net worth uh, outside of your primary residence, or you can qualify on income, which is uh, $200,000 per year on your W-2 for the last two years, or your, excuse me, on your tax returns for the last two years, um, $50,000 minimum investment, and a one-year hold for uh, the first year. And uh, so if they want to invest, they can just give us a call, 415-883-2150, or you can go to the, our website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. And as I mentioned in the last segment, we're really busy. So we're always in capital raising mode. Um, the fund represents, uh, you know, over the last several years, only about a third of our total loan origination or assets under management. Um, so we constantly are looking to raise capital for the fund and other opportunities. There's so many opportunities now that we have this year to invest. Um, not just in a mortgage pool fund, um, but also with individual trust deeds. I would encourage people to go to our website. Yeah, next week we got a, a, a refresh uh, going to appear on our investor page mm-hmm. that's going to show um, a couple of new investment opportunities, uh, a couple of new funds we cool. launched. Um, but we also, of course, have our legacy fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund, which we just talked about that uh, – uh, seven years running now at seven and a half percent. And then, of course, privatemoneyloans.com. Privatemoneyloans.com is our, uh, is our platform, our online platform where you can v- register to view and bid on uh, individual trustees. And we just uh, 
we're promoting actually quite a bit more on that site this week and next week uh, because appetites for those who are buying our loans constantly change and so uh, one of our institutional buyers uh, put the pause button on and so now we're offering even more loan opportunities, individual loan opportunities to our individual note investor clients and that's good news if you like to invest in trustees. And that's a free website that they can go to and register, uh, privatemoneyloans.com. Um, then you'll get uh, an email periodically of uh, updates, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every time a new loan is posted, um, every, anyone in the community will get an email notification. So they have the opportunity to, uh, to pledge on it. And pledging is non-binding. It's just an indication of interest. And then we provide all the due diligence. Very good. Um, Rob, why don't you get your information one more time? Sure thing. Uh, Rate.com. Uh, Rob Spinoza out of the San Antonio office in Marin County. And uh, 415-367-5959 if you want to give me a ring. And uh, Mark and Nam, give out your information too. I'll give out the information. 415-883-2150. And we're Pacific Private Money. You can find us at PacificPrivateMoney.com and or PrivateMoneyLoans.com. Both are uh, where you can find investment opportunities. And then people can also uh, find out when we're going to do our next uh, webinar. Uh, thoughts for the day. Old people at weddings always poke me and say, you're next, right? You know, for, for thinking you're getting to get married, right? So I started, <laughs> doing, I, I started doing the same thing with them at funerals. You're next. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just had to throw that one in there. And never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Beat you with experience. That's right. <laughs> and lastly, uh, I accidentally handed my wife a glue stick instead of a chapstick. Um, she still isn't talking to me. All right. Uh, to, yeah. to the best of investing, we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.